What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to our Speaking Recovery Podcast. Got a really special guest today. We're going to be talking about Recovery Centers of America and faith-based recovery. We're joined by Jason Crail, known by the folks that he helps as Pastor Jay from RCA. Pastor Jay, what's going on? Good to see you. Okay, cool. Appreciate you having me on, Bill. So let's jump right in. We've got this this program. I, I don't think a lot of people realize uh, how much faith can play a role in their recovery from addiction, alcohol, drugs. Tell me what the focus is with RCA and um, what you mean by the freedom outreach program that you have. Yeah, so our freedom program, which is based out of in New Jersey, was created by Dave. Shout out to David Dorshu, our CEO up at Raritan Bay. Um, so we have pastors on staff that help, you know, people that are uh, come under our care to really explore what faith has to, you know, do in recovery. What what can it do for somebody's recovery? And I know, you know, from a personal aspect as a pastor, I wasn't always a pastor and I suffer from this disease myself. Faith is is probably the biggest faith and honesty are the two of the biggest pillars in my recovery today. And people don't like they underestimate their own faith. A lot of times people think they have no faith at all, but that's not necessarily the case. So what we've we created freedom, we get to witness people return to health on a every single day basis. People come in at their lowest point of their lives and to see God work through their hearts and through their lives and to see the light come on in their eyes is something that we get to see on a weekly basis at Lighthouse and Raritan Bay. So praise God that, you know, he's actually at work uh, in the patient's lives. But faith is absolutely a pillar. So that's why we created freedom. Um, a lot of times people come in and they're like, well, I don't necessarily know what I actually believe in. Um, you also have people that, you know, are already a Christian and they have some type of faith in God, but they continue to drink or they continue to abuse substances. So they kind of have this shame piece. Um, and so like freedom uncovers that it unpacks some of the trauma, it unpacks some of the stigma that goes around substance use disorder. And we focus on faith and how it's a central point of your heart and in your life so people can actually recover. How do people get to you? I mean, let's just let's talk about faith for a moment that sadly in, in our world today, uh, not only is there a stigma on folks suffering from alcohol and, and drug abuse and, and you know any kind of substance abuse, whether it's prescriptions or off the street or whatever it is, there's also a bit of a stigma on some faith-based communities. I mean, the media certainly doesn't help. There's a lot of um, modern politically correct thinking out there that it goes after Christian-based groups. It goes after people of faith, and uh, almost in a mocking way. And those of us who believe in God and and have a a religion and a, and and have lived a faith-based life, 
um, certainly take offense to it, but it's a tidal wave out there in popular culture. It's not like, oh, hey, you're a Christian too. Yeah. <laughs> you get that in that close community, but how do you deal with that? Or are you finding that what we hear in the media is disconnected from the real lives that people live? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question, right? And it's a it's one that has been not just in this like era right now. I mean, Jesus, for instance, you know, he was hung on the cross, right, by the religious leaders. Um, so, you know, based off of that, you know, the God that I follow was, you know, hung on a cross for his own, you know, his own teaching. So that means there's going to be some things that come along with that. But you're absolutely right. We see people in society moving further and further away from God and like an astronomical level right now. And just to put that in, you know, in a substance use terms, 90,000 plus people died from fentanyl in America last year. Right. So the move, the further we move away from God, the further people get sick is the truth. You know, I see it all the time. Um, and how we combat that is when you come in, we're not pushing it on any type of patient. We're not doing that kind of thing. We actually they some people might have some false you know, beliefs of what Christianity or anything for a higher power. Right. From just a general speaking, they don't really necessarily understand. Most religions are. They get the um, they get the criticizement from people that are taught the, the wrong way, right? It's like somebody from a religious you know standpoint hurt them. Um, a lot of times you see people they come in and they're like, well, this was forced you know down my throat or whatever the case may be. And we want to like kind of get rid of that kind of thinking and start fresh and start from scratch, scratch, and let them know that you know God is a fan of the underdog. And when somebody comes under our care at RCA, they're at one of the lowest points of their lives. And to let them know that God sees a blank canvas and He's ready to create a masterpiece in their life, um, to give them that positive motivation and that influence is something that we like to do. And it's like, yeah, you might have some wrong teachings that somebody gave to you down the past. There's a book that I read. I'm in a 12-step fellowship. It says, we're diverted by some of the, the beauty of the forest, by some of the ugliness of the trees, right? The problem with religion is the people that practice it. We're all fallible people, and we all continue to fall short, and we hurt other people, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, no, God loves you exactly where you are. But more importantly, he loves you too much to keep you that way. And that's what we kind of promote with the Freedom Program. And we go through scripture, obviously. We go through some 12-step um, you know, uh, spiritual practices. And to get rid of some of that resentment that we have, some of the mental health that they're going through to let them know that they are not, you know, their life is not done, even though they might think that like my life is over, I'm going to treatment. No, your life is finally just beginning. So praise God for that. This is actually just the beginning. And God has wonderful plans for you. Your plans for yourselves are, are so minuscule compared to the plans that God has for you, as long as you're open, honest, and you're willing. Uh, wow, that quote, what book is that, uh, that you're distracted by the beauty of the forest, by the ugliness of a few of the trees? Yeah, so that is actually a, uh, from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, written in the 30s by uh, Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob, and um, it's an amazing book, obviously, and uh, that's that's taken directly wow. from there. Yeah. So Pastor Jay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your personal story. Um, yeah. So you were, you you battled alcoholism. Yeah. And well, heroin addiction, alcoholism. Um, I died three times from heroin. I came back to life and uh, praise God for that. I've been sober since June the 11th of 2011. Wow. So in June, I'll have 11 years, uh, you know, so. Uh, it's, Listen, it's, when did that start? Let, let's go back because I, I deal with, we've been working with a lot of groups around the state and it was a, it was a real honor 
to partner with you guys on this podcast and on the advertising campaign that I really truly believe we're saving lives by getting the word out and talking about it. Um, and I've been doing this, working with different recovery groups around the state for uh, for at least the last eight years that I've been in in media. And I, you know, I was I was turned on to it by friends at a group called CFC Loud and Clear. They run a recovery clinic. Daniel Regan has a personal story, and when I talked to him about it. It literally goes back to him being a teenager. I mean, this guy, he was a kid and uh, it's a little booze and a little smoking pot. And all of a sudden you're, you're just completely off the rails. How far does it go back to you? And what lessons do you have to uh, offer young people today? We're hearing, and not to be too long with the question, but I think this is important context. Uh, with the last two years of the lockdown, which I have been railing against since day one uh, because of the mental health issues and the, the civil liberty issues and all of it. Um, you keep a liquor store open, you close the recovery clinic. I mean, I just, it's unconscionable what we did, uh, our, our government. But that said, that you get a lot of people that, you know, this time in the last two years, spike in mental depression, anxiety. We, I, I, I did an interview with the folks that run the suicide hotline, uh, specifically in Mercer County, uh, talking about nine-year-olds, nine years old, calling the suicide hotline. People are lost, and, and somehow the powers that be convinced people that separation, isolation, masking, muting people was the answer, when in fact it's exactly the opposite of what people need. But from your experience, going back, I mean, you're sober since 2011, your experience goes way back before any of this uh, became a reality. What do you say to young people and how young were you? Yeah, first, you know, a lot to unpack there, but Bill, thank you. Yeah, for, I know it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no no worries. I, you know, I got a lot to say if you're a good listener. I'm a, So anyway, I do want to say you appreciate your service to the people that are in the space that I operate in, you know, um, for sure. Number one, uh, substance use disorder tends to isolate people. And then you add into the pandemic and all, et cetera, et cetera. It makes it, things worse for sure. But mine goes back. I took my first drink probably about 10 years old. I did my first bag of heroin at the age of 14 years old. I was in the substance use uh, disorder. I started abusing substances at a very, very young age. My father, he suffered from substance use disorder. Um, he ended up passing away since I've been sober um, as a direct result of his disease as well. And you know, I've come to grips with that. And I mean, really trauma, where they're starting to see that trauma is the number one offender. And with that comes all these resentments. Um, and I always thought that I was dealt a bad deck of hands. But it really, it was because my mind, right? I had an alcoholic and an addictive brain um, and the same brain that created the disease couldn't cure itself. But I was just, you know, the point of willingness wasn't there for me for a long time. And in and out of incarceration, I was in and out of my family's life. I was a tornado and I just, you know, I wreaked havoc across everywhere I went, um, you know, but in God's garden of grace, a broken tree can bear fruit. And I'm a living testament to that fact. I for sure am, am that. Um, but like, it does stem from a lot of the things that happened to me when I was younger. And it just so happens that I have this three stages of the disease of alcoholism, which is a mental obsession over alcohol or heroin. You could add anything to that list. Um, and the mental obsession was so paramount that even though I might know that this might kill me, it was so elusive that I still had to put a, one in my body. And I developed what they call the craving, um, which is the physical factor of this disease. And last but not least, I believe the third part of this disease is a spiritual disease. You know, I was suffering from something that only a spiritual experience could conquer. And mine came uh, on June 11th of 2011 in an abandoned building in, in Kensington um, is the day that I gave my life over to my Lord and Savior, Jesus. 
Jesus. And I was radically changed by a loving God. And like, I went back to jail for a year. I came home and, you know, here I am today, many, many years later with married with kids and stuff. Wow. It's a, it's a powerful story. Tell me about that day you were, you tried to take your own life or you just gave up? Oh no, there were so many times that I wanted to, um, for sure. But I would say, again, I was in and out of jails for a long, long time. My mom was a saint. And I mean, I was completely broken. I was homeless for like six, seven months on the run from different law enforcement. Uh, and my, I didn't, wasn't raised with any spiritual upbringing. I just know that like, you know, God is, God is still in the miracle business because I was homeless on the streets in June 10th. I went into a, a church in North Philadelphia, Kensington. It was a Puerto Rican pastor or a Spanish church. And there was a Puerto Rican pastor. He was speaking Spanish to his congregation. This is the night before I gave my life over to Jesus to turn myself in. The only reason I went in there, Bill, is because it said free pepperoni pizza on the sign. Full disclosure. <laughs> so I, I have an eight in day. So I went in there and I was eating some slices of pizza. And all of a sudden he starts speaking English and starts looking right at me. I haven't showered in days. I look like Forrest Gump when he stopped running with the long beard. Mm-hmm. And um, I heard him talk about this God. And he started talking about this God who was ready to save the lost, who was ready to forgive no matter what you've done in your past, that God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And I've never felt anybody ever wanted me in my life. And in that moment, I was so convicted. I could not stand through the rest of the sermon. And I grabbed a slice of pizza for the road. And I sat in this abandoned building all night and I was tossing and turning. And I started, I couldn't get this pastor's voice out of my head. Um, And the next day, crazy experience. I turned my life over to God, turned myself in. There was a Bible sitting in the jail and I knew God was calling me to be a pastor. Uh, To talk about the age of miracles is still upon us. And I'm so grateful because like you see the stats of people dying all the time, but I'm blessed to work for such a company that allows me to use my spiritual gifts, but also I'm blessed to work for a company that stands on the firing line of life. And so I see people come in on every, every single day basis, right? Completely broken and beaten and they are returned to health and they're motivated for life when before they didn't even have a life. So if I wasn't able to witness that, I I would probably be doing something else. I don't know, selling car parts. I have no idea, but it's like, I get the, you all, the stats don't lie. There is people dying every single day in America from the same, but the opposite is true too and we don't talk about that as much you know and rca we are the catalyst for that i get to see people you know return to life and their families put back together again and to see them become whatever they want to be because really you know don't play small i don't play small to know that god's plans and designs are far greater than my own is revolutionary for me so i execute dreams on a daily basis i'll have my master's degree in divinity in december i dropped out first week in ninth grade i got two beautiful kids i own a successful business with my wife i got a successful ministry but the most important thing that god has ever given me was the obsession to be lifted and to have peace in the stream of life because i used to wake up every day and my brain would produce confusion on an every single day basis before my feet hit the floor um and today i can honestly say that I have been given peace in the stream of life, which you can't put a price tag on. Before, you know, Jesus and before, you know, God came into my life, love was just a word and now it's a way of life. It's amazing. The, uh, there was a Bible in the jail cell. Did, have you ever talked to that pastor again, the Spanish pastor? Yeah, I went down there. He's not there no more. You know, I think he retired. I did. I did try to go see him. I've actually I've had so many experiences. We, we would need an hour, Bill. I'm telling you, I've had so many spiritual experiences uh, in my life, like I felt for a long time that God wasn't calling me to be a pastor because I was a convicted felon. I didn't have an education. And like the more that I kept on pressing into it and, and actually even trying to like back away from it, the more resounding God's voice was on my life that, you know, this is what I want you to do with your life. Um, and like, 
just crazy, crazy experiences where my stepfather, he didn't even want to talk to me ever again. And I got to do the eulogy at his funeral, an amazing man. Uh, my mom, who said she was prepared to bury me, she sees me get to preach on a weekly basis at my church in, in Pennsylvania. So it's just, I mean, things that you could never put a price tag on when before I always thought that I would never amount to anything. It's, it's, I mean, I, I asked you a long question and you managed to answer every part of it. I'm, I'm impressed with your memory. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate um, I, my, my, my initial take on what you said is that the message to young people is your life is worth something. Absolutely. I mean, especially, and, especially and, for our youth, Bill, real quick, yeah. I don't want to, especially for our youth. And, and it doesn't even extend just, it, this is, it extends past alcohol and addiction and, and like, you know, substances are just the symptom of the problem, the symptom of the problem. The problem necessary is like how we perceive life. It could be some like real life experiences too, right? Not minimizing anybody's trauma because I have enough to fill a whole book, I promise. Um, but it's literally, you know, the things that happen to us, we don't know how to have coping mechanisms in our life. Trauma, we don't know how to process our feelings. We live in a society that says you shouldn't, uh, you know, express how you feel. Growing up, it's like, especially for men, right? We're not supposed to do this. Women have it, have it terrible as well. It's like we're suffering from a, a mental health disorder um, and we only know how to cope it through addiction and alcohol. And so it's like, it's, it's really, it goes, extends past that, but it really does start at an early age. Right. And that's why you see so many young people, like you just said, nine, 10 years old, completely broken, looking for a way out. And it's like, we need to like come up alongside them. It says it takes a village, right? As a society, we need to wrap our arms around these people and we have to, you know, uh, do better with the stigma. We got to do better with the stigma. How do people find you do you find them and see them and handle them and deal with them after they've been through the program or are you a first contact for anyone oh so i'm i'm a first contact for for people for sure if they're ever looking for help you know my my 267-398-0690 is my personal cell phone i work out in the field um every what was that 267-398-0690 I asked that because I want to be in touch with you. That's your cell phone, so I can text you. That's my cell phone. Yep, that's my direction. I want to be in touch with you because, Jason, I I think there's a a greater message here. I mean, even uh, what you're doing with Recovery Centers of America, uh, even beyond that with with what you've got with your your congregation and the fact that you're a pastor, the fact that you've got a small business, that you're married with kids, there's a lot that you've got going on, and I think this message needs to get out there. More people need to hear – that you can get back to some normal way of life. You don't have to fight the demons every day. You can overcome it. And I, uh, there are very few people that that believe that you can get there. I think that's part of it. The, the faith they lack is not just faith in God, but faith in themselves and faith that there can be, believe it or not, there can be some fairness that you achieve in the world if you're willing to go get it and stop acting like a victim. Yeah, I will. In the, in the Bible, sorry, I got to go back to the. I mean, I'm not really sorry, but the Bible's clear. Where it's like there was a lot of people that suffered, not suffered, but they they couldn't really, they didn't have the faith, right? That is like I, if you look in the Bible, there's a there's a couple instances where they talk to the to Jesus. They say, "Lord, help my unbelief," because there's people that were doubting. So it's like pressing the God with that too. Lord, help my unbelief. And God will give us the faith. It says all you have to have is the faith of a mustard seed. It's a pretty small seed. But if you ask God for the willingness, God, help me be willing. Help me help myself to pick up that phone, to call you know 1-800-RECOVERY for RCA, to call these numbers. We have people 24-7, 365 that are willing to come 
get you, help you, bring you back to health. I love Recovery Centers of America. I really do. I, you know, people say I'm the mayor of RCA because I, I float around like a lot in different states for sometimes. And I get to meet every, and I say that because culture is key. You can have a pocket full of pearls, but without string, you're never going to have a necklace. And each patient that comes under our care is a pearl in his or her own right. But without that string, we're never going to be able to necklace. We're never going to be able to get it together. And RCA, our whole culture is based off of that. Us coming together, finding a, uh, the right fit, the right program for each patient, for each family member to bring them into the RCA curriculum for life. This isn't just a 30-day treatment. We have outpatient. We have all the way down to a, a crazy great alumni program. You could be under our umbrella forever because once you're a part of us, you're a part of our family. We're going to leave it there. I can't say, couldn't say that any better. And you've got the energy, the information, the passion. I, I am, I'm blessed to have met you. I'm so happy that we've connected. I, I definitely want to have you on again, and I want to continue this conversation. And uh, I would love to connect you with some of the communities of faith that we work with, um, with uh, different organizations that I'm involved with. And uh, I, I think you've got a great message. I would love to invite you to some of our events to speak and share that message. So I'll, uh, I'll send you a text so you have my personal contact and we'll be in touch. But uh, RCA is lucky to have you, Pastor Jay. There's no doubt about that. I, I appreciate that. And thank you for having me on. And God bless you and your family. Thank you. Appreciate you. That is Pastor Jay with RCA. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.